This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, oi, what's going on, people? You know what gaff you in? It's three points in the gaff, the realest football gaff in England. We're up north, Manchester, 35 miles from the evil empire. Do you know what I mean? It's me, Pundit J. I'm here with City fan Mike. United fan Jay Motty. So let the music play, because guess what? For a hot set, we're on good vibes today, you know. Patrick's got lashed, Doherty got dashed, but hey, DJ, 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 wheel it up, wheel it up. It's time for me to speak to the people. Because listen, Old Trafford, I got a big grin on my face, you know. United versus Spurs, 3 2 win, Ronaldo hat trick. So guess what? I went out last night, you know. I was out. I had a little bubble and shake on the town and all that. Couple brandies feeling a little tipsy and frisky, good vibes and risky, come on. You know how it gets up north, you know what I mean? Even flipping rhythm is a dancer came on, bro. I, uh, hey, I was happy, do you know what I mean? And I'm sure you you was as well, Marty. Did you get me? So talk to me. How are you feeling today, bro? Yeah, honestly, bro, I was buzzing, buzzing. And I, I loved, loved the game on Saturday at Old Trafford. Atmosphere was absolutely pumping. Obviously, we didn't have it all our own way. You know, we let Spurs it back into it with uh, an own goal and a penalty, which was almost like typical United to do those those sort of things or to have that sort of, not have the rubber of the green going our way when we needed it. But we stepped up and it's, well, we didn't step up. Ronaldo stepped up, did he? And that's just what he does. You know, you can count him out at your peril because a few people have been saying he's part of the problem. We shouldn't have re-signed him and all this. I don't understand those arguments because he hasn't been on the greatest of form, but he's capable of that. He's capable of doing what other players aren't capable of doing. You know, I've seen in my lifetime, I think I've seen about four or five hat-tricks at Old Trafford and two mm. of them have been by him. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, he, yeah. you know, he, he's still got it. Fantastic hat-trick, different goals as well. And this is what we needed going into the Atletico Madrid game. And I just wanted to get you actually pundit because obviously the talk was about Ronaldo and rightly so, but there was a there was a Brazilian guy in midfield who... Uh-huh. He looked like hey. a Brazilian... Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Let me tell you, Marty. It was a Sunday, and Pastor Fred was on that pitch. Hey, he was conducting service. Hey, let me tell you something, yeah. Fred, 
He looked much better without his co-defender, McTominay, you know what I'm telling you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, bro, do you know what I mean? He was out there. Listen, listen, listen. You know me. I'll cuss a man if, if he's not doing what I expect a Manchester United player to do. But what I will do, I'll praise a man when I look at him and think, you know what, he's played well there. Listen, Fred yesterday versus Spurs, he was everywhere and I liked it and he gave a good, very good performance. Do you know what I mean? So big up Fred, man, because he'd done well. So yeah, do you know what? Listen, we're not going to see that every week from Fred. So when we do, we've got to praise it. Do you know what I'm saying? But listen, Motty, I want to go back on this Ronaldo thing here, yeah? Because like you said, you, you're right. There's been a lot of talk. Ronaldo's a problem. He's the main problem. No, he's not. He's a big problem. No, he's not. He's a little problem. Or he isn't a problem at all. Personally, I think he's a problem. I think he's an issue. And there's many different arguments as to why people think it's an issue. But my, my issue kind of goes a bit deeper, in it? Like, how can I put this now? Right, Ronaldo could score 40 goals this season. United still wouldn't win a thing. So I asked myself, okay, would I rather have a man that will score 10 goals and the team functions better and United win a title or try and win a title or almost win a title? Or would I rather have Ronaldo on 40 goals and the team are in fifth and sixth or whatever, fighting Arsenal and West Ham? I'd rather have the guy that scores me 10 goals. So it's all about a team functioning. Do you get me? Like, So we've got to look at it on another level. People seem to forget that Ronaldo went AWOL last week. What is 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 that all right now? Do you know what I mean? You what know, because it's, what, it's funny, you, you know, one of the lads I stand with, he didn't forget. He was sulking throughout the game. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What's up with you? And he was he was he wasn't singing Cavani's name either. And he's like, it's the Manchester yeah. Derby, and neither of them two wanted to know. And yeah, like, but do you know, right. nah, for real, bro. But you know what? There's yeah. some real deep questions we've got to ask because yeah, we're all hype, we're all happy because of the hat trick. Do you understand me versus Spurs? But where's where was he the last 13 games? He scored one goal in the last 13, 14 games. That's a third of the season. So I don't understand why people are getting overhyped, thinking it's all about nostalgia. Nostalgia is killing Manchester United. And guess what? The Glazers are happy because they want fourth and they want good moments. Shirts are being sold, marketing, Ronaldo, greatest of all time. But guess what? Guess who's winning the league? City winning the league. Liverpool might, 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 might win the league. Do you know what I'm saying? This team isn't set up for Ronaldo. And let me tell you something. United are not good enough to carry Manchester United. Sorry, United are not good enough to carry Ronaldo. And Ronaldo's not good enough to carry Manchester United to substantial trophies. So that's a problem. So, yeah, I can give him a pat on his back and say, yeah, Ronaldo, well done. Fantastic header, fantastic long-range strike, fantastic tapping. Yeah, it is good, but guess what? Any player in the top 10 could have scored an trick yesterday because United are fifth. So really and truly, what are we getting excited about? That's what we've got to start asking ourselves. Do you get me, bro? Because Ronaldo needs a precision team. He needs a team that's going to put the ball on the plate for him constantly. So when I ask guys today, where was Ronaldo the last 13 games? No one's been able to give me an answer. But that's the answer I need for Ronaldo to be up top for it to make sense. Because right about now, United are worse off than they were without Ronaldo. They finished second with ease, third with ease, and this season they're fighting fourth with Ronaldo. So yes, to me, Ronaldo, greatest of all time. Call him what you want. Fantastic player. He's my favourite player. But if someone says to me today, Pundit, is Ronaldo an issue? My answer is yes. Straight. So, so just 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 to come in, fellas, like you said, I think you can... I mean, after your fantastic intro there, Pundit, I thought, Jesus, God forbid, if they win a trophy, then to go turn that into, into, into Ronaldo. Just, just like you say, yesterday... <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday was uh, really interesting. Like you said, everyone... Decided to bring the boots and shinies this week, you know. <laughs> everyone seemed to forget. Look, no, no, turn up last week when you were getting 
Ollie's round the park and all that in front on the wheel seat. No We're still having this derby talk, man. How long is this going to be? <laughs> Serious, man. Spurs come rocking up. Everybody's miraculously fit. Everyone's got their kicks turned up. Everyone was there. I hate him because he's got a point. <laughs> but but, but to me, it was an interesting game for me. So I think my question to you two basically is, were you happy with the performance? Let's, let's like you say, we, 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 we're on the Ronaldo bit, but the team performance, were you... Were you happy with what you saw yesterday? And... I think for me, there's still like certain faults. There's still certain things I look at. I see a couple of balls over the top to Son. We almost got caught out. David De Gea, I've still got issues with the way he doesn't command his area and his distribution. But on the whole, it was a massive improvement. And also to bounce back from the... the like I don't want to keep going on about the, the Etihad game, but we're going to have to. To bounce back from that and take, get the win, taking us into Atletico Madrid. I think... Happy, relieved would be more accurate. But, okay. yeah, you know, like, I thought Sancho is, is, is had a good game. Fred, who we mentioned. One or two others, I thought, dropped sevens, which, you know, I thought, even though it was, wasn't was perfect, I thought Matic as a DM did what a DM should do, which is what's been lacking in our team. So there was, there was positives there. And I think, like I say, you know, a lot of relief. And also, just because it's been so grim, to have that celebration, to have that euphoria of, of, of a win, and, okay, it's only Spurs, but it mattered. We needed a win. And to see the hat trick and everything, you know, it's, it's a good feeling as a fan. I'm not going to lie. You know, yeah, I'll yeah, be yeah. honest. Lacking, this is what was lacking this season for me. I haven't been I had many of these moments. Yeah, I'll be honest. I weren't really pleased with the performance. I thought Spurs played all right. To be quite honest with you, do you get me? I don't. I don't think United played particularly well. I don't, and like, like, like you said there, Motty, it's moments in it. Ronaldo turned up in the moments that United needed him to turn up. And listen, he could have easily finished two all that. Do you know what I mean? And drop points because of their own goal and whatever. And yeah, United kind of gifted Spurs their goals with the penalty and that and the own goal. But overall, the performance of Manchester United, I thought it was all right. But I don't think it was. I don't think it was anything special. Sancho, though, hey, I like Sancho. You know, he's found his oh, form. Yeah. He looks very, yeah, he looks very assured on the ball. Let's listen. Yeah, his brain works faster than his feet, and I can't say that about a lot of players. Do you understand? Because. I, for a lot of players, the feet works faster than the brain. And it's very important. And what I like about Sancho is his timing. Yeah, his timing on the ball is correct. The, the timing he takes to hold on to the ball, the timing he takes to release the ball, he knows when to check, when to check back, when to hold, when to pass, when to run. It's very For a young player, you know, because people still forget that he's still very young, isn't it? In a sense, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I thought Sancho, I thought Sancho was very good. Why, what did you make of the United performance, Mike? So... I, 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 I like I said, I hear Jay Motty's analogy there and I've heard yours in that. I personally think Spurs were unlucky, to be honest with you. Like you said, it was Ronaldo's, for me, Ronaldo's individual brilliance that, that, that won that game. Because um, generally, in general play, they, well, they did dominate the ball. That showed that they, they tended to do. I was interested. So I thought, I thought Fred did all right in parts, but actually, Spurs had a lot of the ball in there, to be honest with you. Um, no, and fair, yeah. And to be fair, there were... There were, there were pressings. To be fair, I thought your fullbacks, like you said, I agree with the Sancho shot. I thought Sancho played, played, played pretty well. But I, I think Spurs came there with a plan and executed all right. I think it was just margins. Let's be honest with you, if, if, if Reggie on you had to hold a line, that, that goes offside. So there's a few... It was. I'm not saying your goals were lucky. No, I'm not going to say that. But what I would say is I, I think Spurs overall can count themselves unlucky. That, that's the game I was watching. Um, yeah, I didn't enjoy any of the goals um, that Ronaldo scored. Um, 
So I know <laughs> that euphoria that you were feeling. Hey, but listen, up north, yeah, trying to find a Spurs fan is like flipping, trying to find a green assault in sugar. You get me the hard to find, but listen, I've got a brethren that's a Spurs fan. Do you know what I mean? My brethren, Jay. Do you know what I'm saying? So listen, he sent in his opinion, and this is what he thought of the match, United versus Spurs. So check this out. Well, yeah, that was a, a very disappointing result. Um, from a performance point of view, I'm, I'm not totally unhappy. I think um, Spurs played well. I think objectively well for the whole game. Um, defended well in balance, you know, for the majority of the 90. But in moments, this was a game that was decided in moments. And I think United... Um, have a lot of moments players, um, you know, and, and Ronaldo, and I think Sancho actually played well today, but Ronaldo was, was a big difference maker. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult loss to take because, like we say, it was Spurs were very wasteful, like very wasteful with the final ball, wasteful with chances as well. We had, we had a lot of clear-cut chances. Well, maybe not a lot, but, um, you know, Dyer had a... Son, and there was um there was a number of times that the ball scrambling around the box, some good blocks by United. So, yeah, I think Conte got the subs wrong. I think Winks had to come on for Bentacore. He was having a bad game. Uh, I don't think Kulusevski should have come off for Lucas because they've got different profiles and it it stopped us retaining the ball. You know, Doherty Kulusevski have a good partnership. And yeah, you know, it, it was moments Spurs defended as a whole pretty well, but individually made mistakes. Regulon trying to play offside. Um, Dyer not closing down Ronaldo for the first goal and Romero getting, uh, getting dunked on for the winner. So, terrible result. Good performance. Um, but yeah, team has to, uh, team has to hold that out. Yeah. So he's saying the team have to hold that L and Tottenham. Yeah, it kind of happens a lot apart from last season when United went down to 10 men. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, so overall, I think United are going to be pleased with that three points. Doesn't really make their position any better as such. But there's, there's still a few games to go in it and then any, anything can happen towards the end of the season. Moy, I wanted to ask you about Ralph's honesty, in it Because Ralph just says what he says, in it. He's out here, he speaks, he speaks his mind in all the press conferences. And to be honest with you, the gist I get is that most United fans kind of like it, innit? Do you know what I mean? Talk to me, bro. No, I completely agree. You know, there's there's nothing worse. I mean, I've done a few press conferences. And most of the time, managers are quite guarded. They protect players a lot of the time. They don't tell you what's going on behind closed doors. Even if there has been something publicly by a player, they don't want to sort of go toe-to-toe with that player. Ralph don't care about any of that. You know, you saw it the other day with, with the Rashford stuff. Rashford says he wants to leave. If he wants to leave, he can leave in the summer. That sort of thing. He's had it with Martial. Uh, he had it with Lingard. He's had it with a few players. And there's times when Ralph's not backed down, but he's sort of excused it and said, oh, maybe there's a bit of miscommunication or whatever. But on the whole, he just seems to tell it as it is. And I like that about him. And I think that's how he should be because he's not going to be managing next season. It's very unlikely that he'll be managing next season. So yeah. he's, got like, he's got that ability to do that. He doesn't have to worry about upsetting these players too much. So he doesn't yeah. have to worry about keeping Rashford happy for next season or whatever because that's the, the, someone else's issue. And if certain players want to put out statements or leak statements to the press, which you know they do, we know they all do, and he wants to challenge him on that, or he wants to say, yeah, that's what he thinks, that's fair enough, you know, off, off your pop sort of thing, then yeah, I'm all for that, because I think we've missed a little bit of that, because, I li- listen, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I love the man, but Ole very much protected his players no matter what, 
past past the point of wisdom, really. There was times when he was saying things and you think, what are you on about? Do you know what I mean? Where mm. Ralph's not mm. like that. Ralph's coming and going, yeah, fine. If that's how he is, that's up to him. But, you know, he can do what he wants to do, but he's not going anywhere yet because there's no transfer window. If he wants to go in the summer, he can go. And I like that. Yeah. I think that's what you need a little bit more of that. And we've missed that a little bit at Manchester United because, yeah. you know, with Mourinho, we had it too much where he was too brutal and too, he was almost horrible at times to players, wasn't he? You know, and then you had uh, you had Ollie who was the other way around, and Ralph seems to be a little bit in the middle, and especially for what's going on in the minute, where everyone's sort of throwing the toys out of pram. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, to me, I think I think the reason why I kind of like what Ralph's on in a sense is because what he's doing, he's making every player feel like the dispensable. Do you know what I mean? So what players, what it does, then it puts pressures back onto the player because the player starts thinking, "Rah, are this club really just not really bothered if I want to get off." You get me? So then, what? So then, what happens is then you get players that actually want to stay and want to play in it. And I think, in that sense, I kind of like it in it. And I feel that's kind of like United need to shake the tree. I said it. I think a few episodes ago, the need the tree needs shaking in it, and and and, and the wheat will fall onto the floor in it. And that's just how it how, how it goes. Do you know what I mean? But, um, I think we had um, Carl Ancron from the Athletic on on the channel, and I think he was so we were talking about the press conference and stuff, and he said it's like you know when you give a. A dog of a vitamin and you wrap it in a dog of pill and you wrap it in ham, but you give him the yeah. pill. So Ralph is good yeah. at that because he's like, he'll say things like Rashford, or I don't keep going on about Rashford, but it's a good example because it's quite recent where he, he praise him and say he's been great in training. I just want to see that form that he's been taking into training on the pitch. You know, mm. he's one of the best mm. players and all that. And then he'll say, but if he wants to leave in the summer, <laughs> he can go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not <laughs> like he's being completely horrible. He'll be like, yeah. he'll praise you, but he'll also throw in the if that's what he wants to do, then yeah, he can go and do it. And I like that. I think it's a, it's a good way of doing things. And he's, you know, regardless of whether you what you think about Ralph Ragnick, one thing he's got is experience and he can handle these sort of situations. Just on that, yeah. just, just, just on that showing how you feel, mm-hmm. what did you make of that Romero thing that everybody kind of sent social media into a bit of a spiral where he's kind of cheered in Harry Maguire's face just before, just, um, just after the I love Spurs. I love all of that, me. You know, I think it's, no. I think it's part of the game, me. You know what though? It's, this is the thing. It's like when you remember Mopai with with all that the crying. Yeah, and, yeah. And we, we got the winner after full time. I think yeah. you can you can do those things, but you you know you got it's like one of them. You got to live by the sword, die by the sword. It can come back to bite you. Do you know yeah, what I mean? of course. And that's yeah. the thing. If you're gonna do him, like I don't really mind it too much. If you're gonna do it though. Be prepared. If it goes wrong, if it gun blows up in your face, you're gonna get it ten times worse. Do you know what I mean? So you've always got to be wary, like one of them ones. Yeah. So just just on that, I think you know what I think. A lot of people don't realize. So a lot of people, if you're only locked about five side or a bit of Sunday league, actually, as you get more competitive, you play more competitive football. There's a lot of um, back and forth, a lot of slander that goes on in it. So I'd be very surprised, yeah. If them two were giving each other every set piece, and that was just the end of it, like I tell you now, I tell you now, we've all played games, and you know it can get off at the slightest minute. I've, I played in one game once where you know the throwing, the ball went out for a throwing, the flipping, mm. the full, the, the, the fullback going side ball, the winger going side ball, and that turned into, what do you mean it's side ball? Shut up, you idiot! And then it turned into, well, that's the first thing you yeah. game, and then that's it. Them two are right. I mean, it, it goes on. I mean, yeah. the game we're playing right. Where a fullback was playing, the substitute jumps up and goes, Listen, just get out this fullback, he's dreadful. Fullback took the first no turns around to the sub and goes, I can't wait to see you come on. You sub for bottom of the league. You know where that first you know where that booking came from as soon as that sub got on the pitch. So uh, what 
the point I'm making is, I don't think that was in isolation. And a lot of people that probably have just played a bit far aside with their mates. When you get competitive, you get that back and forth that it, it, it gets quite touchy out there. And I'll be surprised if he's not said something at the other end. Um, probably, obviously, not as, as fingy as, 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 as Romero did. But I think that's got to be the result of a bit of word said before because he singled him out. He spotted yeah, him. Yeah, of course. And just, yeah. So, so yeah. Do you, know yeah. What, do you know what I always think of? Do you remember when, when England played Colombia in the World Cup and, mm. um, and we beat him on penalties? I think Colombia. And, <laughs> and have you, do you remember watch, when, when the, the winning penalty went in? Yeah. Watch John Stones, yeah, right? Yeah. He's not celebrating with everyone else. He's running to the Colombians, right? <laughs> and giving it him. Like, yeah. And What's I the Everton think... set back called? What's the other oh. set back called now? The set around. I know what you mean, Yerimino. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. played it. He was the Colombians in that game were going yeah. on with all sorts. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> just got through to the quarterfinals of the World Cup, right? And your first thought is, I'm gonna go give it him. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm now, you know what though? Teammates, yeah, I'm bro. It him. And I kind of yeah, man. Thought, you know what? He's out. Like, but you know what? I don't, I'm surprised that. I'm surprised that people are surprised that it even happens. To me, that's a, any competitiveness with another yeah. human being. It's gonna, it's gonna happen, innit? Do you get me? So I get what it is. But talking about like, a bit of bargy, bargy though. Go on, eh? go on, go on. I was just gonna say one thing. I don't like. Hey, is this watering down of celebrations or the emotion? People going, oh, look at you going on like that, or look at you know what I mean? It's an emotional sport and it's an emotional game. And you know what? It, we can live with it. You don't want to take that side of it out, to be honest with you, because it adds to it, doesn't it? Yeah, of course, bro. And, and you know what? Yeah, there was a big match in the week Real Madrid PSG. I don't, I don't know if any and, and you man watched it. You get me, but I did. I was tuned right in. PSG melted. You get me? They, 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 they just collapsed. But more interesting. Oh yeah, because Michael Richards on him. What, on I'm, the I'm glad you raised this. I'm glad you raised this there because <laughs> yeah. I saw this being around, and I wanted to get your, you guys' takes on it. Because I'll, I'll be honest, if you're an United fan, I don't mind Michael Richards. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I think like sometimes he can quite funny in that. But the whole. I've just thought now that Benzema is up there with Harry Kane. Thing was a bit like, <laughs> yeah, yeah Benzema, yeah, yeah. That that was a mad one. But you know what, right? Like talking about the match and the manager, because obviously he's been linked with United, PSG, and Pochettino and all that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like we've we, like we've touched on it before, and I look at him and I just think to myself, <laughs> right? United finished second and third under Oli, so that means Pochettino would have to come to United and actually win the Premier League. So then, if I'm in the board, I'm asking to myself, right, is this guy going to win the Premier Because there's no point in getting Pochettino if he's going to finish second and third. You might as well have just kept Oli. You might as well have just, just, just kept the guy you, that you've just run out run out of town. Do you get me? Hang on, hang on a sec. So let me get something on. right here. You're seeing the next step in this United, whatever you want to call it, is challenging. There's not a, <laughs> there's not qualifying for the Champions United, whatever you want to call it? Listen, Mike, let me tell you something, yeah? He's not won a league title Motty, for 10 years. Oh, God, there we go. I'm going to... It's nine, but you go on. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but Mike, check it, right? Yeah, but check it, right? Yeah, but United finished second last season. They bought Varane, Sancho and Ronaldo. So every United fan wanted a, ch- a league title challenge. It didn't happen, so they got rid of Oli. So I'm, I'm trying to understand why on earth they would bring in a guy like Pochettino if you're not convinced he can win a league title. Because let me tell you something, You, yeah? you answered this question yourself, Pundit. You answered mm. it before when you were talking about Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. you sort of alluded to the fact you've got these owners and, and like it's almost like he's an ideal player for the owners because you're getting in there, you're getting that fourth 
and you know yeah. we'll settle for that. And I think with po- po- Pochettino, there's an element of that maybe with the owners where they look at him as someone who can guarantee them that Champions League football, who can mm. just keep them competitive to a certain degree, so they're making the money that they want to make mm. rather than necessarily getting them to the very top. Because it's stupid. Because I think if you win titles, as has been proven, the Scouts have proven that. They didn't win a title for 29 years. They win one after 30 years, yeah? Revenue goes up. The buzz goes up. More people buying shirts. More people, you know, the brand increases. You increase your money. But I, I, sometimes I think our club have a ceiling in their ambition and it's like, let's just stay at that level. And I think that, that they might look at Pochettino and I know it's not right. I'm not saying I agree with it. Cause obviously, I don't. But they might look at it and go, he's someone who will get us fourth or can get us fourth consistently. So mm. maybe they're looking at it as a reason. Because I'm with you. I'm like, we should be able you know to do just... Go on, go on. Yeah, no, do you know what it is? Yeah, it's like, uh, as a Manchester United fan and any any fan of any top football club, yeah. So let me put it like this. If Pochettino came to United, I would be very surprised if United won, won a Premier League title with Pochettino. Now, why am I surprised? I shouldn't be surprised that the Manchester United manager should win a Premier League. That should just be expected. Now, that doesn't mean say you're going to do it. So, for example, City, when they got pet, City fans expected Premier League and possibly Champions League. When Liverpool got clocked, Liverpool fans expected Premier League and possibly Champions League. When Chelsea got Tuchel, Tuchel um, Chelsea fans expected Premier League or Champions League. Why on earth are Manchester United going to go and get Pochettino, but United fans are going to be surprised if their manager wins win, win, win um, the league? Um, Do you get me? Can I just ask you a question, sorry, there? Uh, go on. Go on. Did you expect to win the Premier League under Ronnie Gunnar Solskjaer? I knew that was coming. Do you know what? I, no. At this, I, I knew. No, Mike. I'll be honest Mike, with you, Mike. Go on, go on, go on, Pundit. Mike, but that's what I'm saying. We've done this trick already with Oli. Why would we do the same trick twice? Why? Maybe We're supposed to be Manchester like... United winning titles. Do you get me, bro? That's what I'm saying. Like, we're not... It's an unserious, foolish football club. So Pochettino, listen, he's a good, he's a good manager. I'm not saying he's rubbish, you know. He's a good manager. But if you want to win Premier League consistently and challenge them, them man, unless Pochettino was to come and do a madness, then I'd have to hold up my hands. But I just can't see it in it. Do you know what I mean? But talking about Champions League, Motty, you went to the Atletico Madrid match in the first leg. The second leg's coming right up, yeah. Yep. Tell me about that trip. You get me? How did it go, bro? Was it nice, cool. yeah? Yeah, it was nice. I took a little detail via Bergamo on the way back. And um, <laughs> I, was, I panicked as well, right? Because I know my friends, right? And I, and I, I was stupid because I didn't have a ticket in the United End. And I know my friends, when they're over in Madrid and they've all had a drink and they're in a bar, at least one of them will go, I can't be bothered going to the ground. I'm going to stop here and watch it on the telly here, right? But I thought, <laughs> I'm not risking it in case one of them doesn't and I can't get a ticket. So I bought a ticket because he came on the website in the Atletico End. Gets to Madrid, yeah. meet all my friends. About five of them stayed in the bar and sold the tickets on or gave them away. And I could have gone, yeah. I could have gone in the United end, but I ended up in the Madrid end. Loads of United fans sort of scattering about. I wasn't in the uh, in the Ultras end. I was behind. I was in front of the United fans. Great atmosphere. Great, you know, just a, a nice stadium. It's quite a new stadium. It's not the old one. So yeah, it was a good night. And obviously we had a bit of a smash and grab. We spoke about the game. Yeah, but it was one of those where I thought, you know what. European games, Champions League games, don't know how many mm. more we've got of him. So when, <laughs> when we had to have the trade come up, like, I've not done a Euro away for a long time. I've not done it since Stockholm in the Champions League yeah. Europa. I thought I'm having that one just in case, you know what I mean? Just in um, case. But listen, yeah. what 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 was the stadium saying like compared to like OT and that? Because like, it's quite a modern stadium now, isn't it? 
Yeah, the uh, the Wonder Stadium, I think it's called. It's you know what? I, I don't mind modern stadiums, me. You know, like the Allianz Arena or even the Etihad or whatever. You know, like these new state, the Emirates new stadiums that people go. That you know what? You lose your soul and all this that and the other when you move stadium. I don't think you do. I think you take that with you. So it's a good stadium. It's a nice stadium. You know, obviously the, the the Madrid fans were up for it. It's funny to see the reception Ronaldo got because a lot of them were booing him, but a lot of them were cheering him. It was weird. Mm. It was like a mm. lot of them were buzzing that he was there and the other half yeah, were like, yeah. hating because obviously the Real Madrid thing. But no, it's a, it's a good stadium. And, you know, when I go back to Old Trafford and I see the issues you got going on there, whenever I go to a new stadium, I always get a little bit depressed because I'm always like, listen, I love my club, I love Old Trafford, the, the, the heritage of it. But as a stadium, it's barely fit for purpose. And you always get a reminder of that when you go to a new, a new modern one. So, all right, let me ah, ask you a question then on that. Just, I don't, this has just come to me. You yeah. said to you now, right yeah. We're going to build a new ground right on the other side of traffic centre. Would you be up yeah. with that? Or do you, would you yeah. have it? Yeah. Honestly, you I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a massive minority, Mike's, yeah? Right. Because I've, I have this argument and people hate me for it and people like, I'll get trolled for this now. But I've got to be honest, yeah, you could slap a Aldi sign on the stadium and name it the Aldi Stadium. But if it was a brand spanking new stadium that held like 80,000 and was mint and all that, I'd have it because I think personally... You look at example, a good example is Bayern Munich. You know, Bayern Munich moved to the Allianz. People go, oh, you're going to lose everything. You're going to, they don't lose anything. You take right. your heritage, you take your, your, your football heritage and all that goes with you. That's not just the stadium. Do you know what I mean? And you, you rebuild the Munich Memorial and everything and all those things that matter to people in the new stadium. So I think okay. you can, because I think Old Trafford, it's, it's falling apart and it's just not fit for purpose. Okay, so would you, if they said not enough land, you, you all right? Would you be all right being, in being Wigan? Maybe London. <laughs> How far would you go? <laughs> Man said London, you know. Wigan, you know, London. Hey, Mike's is on the drink again, you know. Hey, <laughs> Mike's, Mike's. I'd have a problem if it was in Lower Broughton, let alone in London. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know what? It is? I suppose the question about the moving ground thing is all about where the club is in it. So there's that same city, city was a lot of people knew City for being me road and Moss Side and that walk down Claremont Road and all the rest of it. And it's because of where it was where people got a bit peeved off it moved to the area. So, so, and I think I feel a lot of West Ham fans say that they just didn't want to move from where they, they've known that ground to be. So my question was more about Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If United moved from Old Trafford, would you be bothered? No, I mean, as long as it was somewhere where you can get to, like if yeah, it was yeah. to Wigan, if it was, if they announced tomorrow I like, moved to Wigan, I'd pick it in. Yeah, I'd be raging. I'd be like, "What you are <laughs> taking this club thirty miles down the road to <laughs> barely Greater Manchester or London? Forget about it." But if they said, you know, we're moving to sort of like the similar distance to where the Etihad is, say we're moving not East Manchester, let's say we're going to South Manchester or whatever. But you know where there's links. No room around there, I don't think. Not yeah, all right. Well, we don't want we don't want that anyway. Yeah, you can have all that. Hey, Bezzy can play it. You can have there. That, that, that's your ends now. But I think if, if they said like we're going to move to sort of part, I'm all joking about low bro thing. But like you know Salford or wherever, as long as it wasn't out in the middle of nowhere, then yeah, I'd be okay with it. Well, I, bro, I, 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 like I say, I don't mind modern stadiums. The same with the Madrid one. 
because it's a new stadium, you've got a train that runs directly to it, you know, like a special train they put on and everything. And it's like direct. There's no dramas. You get there. The only sort of like gripe is it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere. So you're not going like drinking around pubs if you want to do that thing around that stadium. You have to do it in Madrid and then travel. But other than that, man, I, I can live with it. And I just think that, you know, you've got to move with the times a little bit. And, you know, are the Glazers going to revamp Old Trafford? No. Could they get a new stadium sponsored and then do it that way? Possibly. So maybe that would be the best way to go. But again, I know I'm in the minority because people have a an emotional attachment to Old Trafford and I understand that. You're right. Yeah, man. But listen, um, a bit of an emotional attachment to the FAU Cup final for like the final which did like the under eighteens of reach. So I want to big up the United Youth, do you know what I mean? Because they're in the first final since 2011. And listen, there's a few local kids in there, do you know what I mean? You got Colby Maino from Stockport and that, do you know what I mean? Um, Charlie McNeil's doing his thing. So it's good to see these these kids that are local, do you know what I mean, making an impact, these Mancunians, do you know what I mean? And there's a couple of star boys in that team, <laughs> if you want to call them that Ganacho and Isaac Hansen and that, do you know what I mean? So there's a good few names for the United fans to look out for. So do you know what? Make sure, I think the final's going to be at Old Trafford as well. So if you can get a yeah. ticket for that when the tickets are out, go and check out the youths, man. They're doing all right, do you know what I mean? But listen, talking about youths, Flicking over to the Etihad, to the blue side of Manchester. You know what I mean? The Spade Sport in Lisbon in the week, Mike's nil-nil. But another man, Keenan, made his, made his Champions League debut, though. Do you know what I mean? Comrade, Egan Riley. Do you know what I'm saying? How, how did he play, Mike? It was a nice, steady performance, to be fair. And, and to be yeah. fair, it shouldn't be overlooked, actually. I actually sat back and thought about it, you know. Go on. Actually, these kids are playing in Champions League knockout stages, yeah, Granted, for forget forget the first leg and stuff like that. That's on the no matter where they end up in their careers, that's on mm. the CV, and that can never be taken away from them. They played in a Champions League knockout season. And like you say, Egan Ryan, I thought he had a very good game, to be fair. Very steady, yeah. looked assured, you know, didn't look out of place, just kept the thing moving, slotted right in. And like he, and you know, I think Pep said in the interview after the game, he, he trains all the time with the first team. He has been for a couple of years now. And you could see it was just water for ducks. Like mm. it was just mm. straight. He just, he just looked. He, he looked good, to be fair. Um, and obviously, then Makati came on and made his his debut as well. Obviously, Makati's had a few prem games and a few other cup games as well. So now nah, it, it was good to see, and I'm glad you know Pep is giving those guys that experience because, like you say, in these there's ten games to go in the prem um, at the minute. Obviously, we have got the, the Palace game coming up. Um, yeah, you just never know when you might need to call upon one of these guys, and with them getting that experience and just playing and being out there and sampling it. Um, it's good. It's good. Now here you are, here because I seen I seen Pep say after the match that he was he's like a seven out of ten defender where he doesn't really make mistakes, but he's consistent. Do you know what I mean? And and I thought, do you know what? That that that's good praise. That do you know what I'm saying for a kid just coming in, nineteen years old, trying to make his way in the game. Do you know what I mean? And obviously he spoke about Makatee as well, but he said that Makatee was a bit confused in the press. Like, did you notice that as well, or 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 or, or did it all look all fine to you? And Pep's just on his like his. He's nerd stuff and that. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nah, nah. Pep, Pep's on his perfectionist um, stuff. Yeah, but but I, I get it though. Like if there's if if, if Pepsi, remember Pep, as you know, when you're in the ground, if you sit at ground level, you see things different from when you sit on the top level and that. And if he was noticing things, were actually no, you know, if you were mm. have a sustained run in this team and that, you need to be covering this, you need to be doing that. Then obviously Pep's the man. But for me, McAtee, he, he done all right again. He, he was another one he played well, even the set of rack. Come on. And that Luke and yeah. I, yeah, I, I, no complaints really. Now, do you know what? And as well, as we mentioned before about the Mancunian influence, um, 
you know what I mean? The local lads in in the, in, in the United youth team as well. Like, if you check it out, look at City in it with Foden, Cole Palmer. Do you know what I mean? Withenshaw, McAtee, Salford, Egan Riley, even Howard Bellis. Do you know what I mean? Who's out on loan? So you look at it and you think, do you know what? There's, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm seeing local guys in Manchester, local youth in Manchester, making an impact, whether it's at under 18 level, under three level, or uh, 23 level, sorry, or first team. Do you get me? And I think, I think it should be highlighted, do you know what I mean? Because people will see Manchester United, they'll see Manchester City, and they'll see two big clubs in, 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 in the spectrum of world football, isn't it? So it's always good when you've got a clutch of youngsters that are being able to get given that chance, isn't it, to come through and try and make a career, do you know what I'm saying? Well, let me ask you something, Mike, now, yeah? Did you watch Liverpool versus Brighton or what? Or are you one of them that, when you're in a title race, you don't really watch what's going on over in the evil empire and all that? Well, what, how, how, how do you deal with Liverpool and that? It's weird, you know. That, that's a good question because you know what? When um, when we were first going for titles back in 2012 and all that sort of stuff, I used mm. to watch every every rival team's game. Whereas now I, I don't do it because it, I just don't bother. So what I'll do now with whether when it was United going for it last year, Liverpool, I'll, I'll watch the game and mm. tune it up and that the TV. I'm turning it off. I just pack it in, you know. Yeah. From and then obviously when you jump online and you see actually someone's equalised you try and scan back is it me am I in a bad look home and should I tune back should I leave it? but uh, but now I watched the Liverpool first half but I had a few things to do so I didn't watch the, the full 90 but if I come there I'll watch it because I like football yeah, no, you know what everyone says that you know when you talk about watching your rivals. I had some, I, I remember Thierry Henry getting interviewed once when United and Arsenal were going for the title, and they asked him, Did you watch the United game? and he went, Uh, I had some stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, you know, do you know what though, I feel... down, like, if they lose though, you're like, Yeah, I watched every last minute, I saw them <laughs> in the corner. Where... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nah, yeah, yeah, but it's a good feeling, though. With... You know what I'm saying? I can't even argue with you, man, at the moment. You know what I mean? In a title race and all that. I, I find it hard, difficult. Well, flipping. It's been a long time since United were in a title race. You get me? But usually back then, I used, I used to try and tune in me. But like like you said, isn't it? As soon as, as, soon as the score it gets to 1-0, 2-0, you think, oh, do you know what? Let me just go and make something to eat and come back on the 80th minute and see what score it is then. Do you know what I'm saying? And deal with it like that. But listen, um, a lot of murmurs, a lot of reports, a lot of talk, a lot of yapper. A lot of chit chat in the week about Haaland move, possibly moving to Manchester City. Now, this is serious stuff, people, because you're not dealing with your average striker. You're dealing with a guy who's got a mad stat like 149 goals in 191 games or something crazy like that. They call him a lab monster. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know who I'm talking about. Erling Haaland, 21 years old, born in Yorkshire, Leeds, England. Do you get me? Norwegian international. So, Mike's like, when I look, when I, how can I put this now, yeah? Harlan, right, is one of them kids now where you know, we all know, we can all see the talent that he's got, yeah? But will Pep, if they get him, sit Harlan down to reprogram him? Is Pep that bad, yeah? To just sit down a man like Harlan and say, listen, you're just going to get treated the same way Cancelo got treated, the same way Bernardo got treated, the same way Maris got treated, and the same way Grealish has got treated. Is Pep like that? Yeah, do you reckon? 100%. I don't think I don't think any, unless you're Pep's perfect player, that I think you have to play in his system and how he plays and that's what's got him successful. I don't, I don't think he'd make any kind of compensation or anyone would be immune from having to mm. conform to how Pep goes about his business. Obviously, people, someone shout, yeah, Messi, but again, Messi got brought through 
his his way of doing yeah. things. So actually, he's already been had the conditioning. Um, so yeah, mm. I, I think he does. But just just on that, uh, listen, I'm one of them. As you know, Pundit, I, I don't buy into any signing at all. Until I make the debut, never mind holding the shirt. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying into that yet. But like you said, in it, um, he comes with a big rep and that. And like you say, the numbers he's sticking up and his performance that he's putting up, you know, not even just in the Bundesliga, he is terrorizing Champions League defenders as well. So that, mm. if we if, if we could land him, that would be some acquisition. And I think no, I hear you. Can I ask you? Mike, I'm not putting it down. Just as a genuine question, do you have any concerns about the amount of games he's missed this season? He's missed a lot this season, I know. Um, concerns in what way? Because we, we, like, because yeah. you're gonna go out if you get him. You're gonna. I know he's he's got he's got his buyout clause of like seventy odd million, but with wages and Rayola, you know, there was talk wonder if it adding up to about hundred and fifty, if not more, million plus. You know, you want him to be a, a regular player for your for, but you spend that amount of money on someone who can lead your attack and that. But he's missed a lot of football this season. I just wonder if that's something you look at and you go, is that a concern? Is that a worry or you're not, you're not that fussed? Because, you know, it yeah. happens. And I'm, I'm going to try and answer this without sounding big anyway. Um, no, go on. But, but, it's going to be flipping hard, isn't it? But go on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you start a sentence like that, that means I'm going to be dead big-headed now. <laughs> we've, we've won a league without a striker. We've we got go. to the Champions League final without a striker. So... Where we can add him in and he come in and do it, and it sounds cheeky, do a job, but that's not, I don't mean do a job as in here and there, but I don't think we're going to be over reliant on whoever we sign next. And I think that's the okay. point of making it. It's not like yeah. Yeah, you guys are here, we need this, we need that, and I've heard Pundit come in here, like, met Freddy and that, Miss D, all these guys going to have a seizure. It's not like that for us. <laughs> not like that for us. You get me the team, this guy that's coming. Rotate round. So if if Highland has a bit of time on the sidelines and he's he's fresh for the games that he's gonna play, then yeah, so be it. So in answer to your question, um, not that concerned. And I think you know, with our squad, he will be he will be allowed to rest and get the the appropriate rest to get back to full fitness. And hopefully, if if we sign him, do 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 the damage. All right. So let's so let's so let's let's dig a little deep deeper here now. Right. So. What do you like about it? What qualities do you like about Haaland? Yeah, so obviously, just say he signs on, boom. What are his qualities that, that you're looking at and thinking, yeah, do you know what? That's what I love about my man. And I think that will work in our team. But, you know, there's this, the short and tall of it is, it's just a, he, he is a traditional goal getter in, in the sense of the word. When anything's operating in that box and that, he tends to be on it. And he, he's a good finisher. He can also run onto things. He's got a variety. He's got his game's quite varied, isn't it? You don't just pin him down to like be a hold up man and stuff like that. He can, he can do more than just just that. And like you say, mainly he, he, he's just a goal getter. I think that's the short and tall of it. Really. Yeah. So, for, for yeah. Me, nah, um, to, yeah. To be honest, what I do you know what I like, I like about his his finishing? Yeah, the way he strikes the ball in it. Like, and I tell you something that like stands out a lot to me, and it's nothing really to even do with his gameplay. He wants to, he just loves score. He wants to score in. And, I, and I've noticed about him, yeah. And this is why I think it'd be a big, good signing for whoever who gets him. He's a performer. He loves the stage in it. And when you get a players that love the stage, yeah, usually or not, yeah, they reach those levels. And he's the type of guy, whether it's his celebration where he sits on the floor, whether it's that mad one where he kicks the air, where you know, he does mad things in it. And you think, right, this guy's off his head. But he loves the stage. And to me, that comes with top players. Neymar, do you know what I mean? When he scores and he, he does his little that Mbappe when he folds his arms and all that. Ronaldo, he does his Sue and all that. Do you get me? All, all, 
I, I just think with big players in certain ways, the ones that have got character, I think they sometimes elevate a club as well, innit? When 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 you bring that type of player into the club. So I think for City, I think if they've got him, it means more eyes are on City anyway, just for having him. I think they've got a, a young guy that Pep can condition in the way he wants to condition. I think he's already got qualities for a 21-year-old. He's 22 in July. Do you get me? So I feel like his trajectory, because there's other clubs going to be in for him. So his trajectory is, is, is on the up. And I feel like he's going to join a club, possibly City, that are on the up, innit? On that same trajectory, there's no point in joining a club that's on a downward trajectory. You might as well join a club that's on the same trajectory as him to build his career. And he's still young, in it? So I feel like if he's one of them guys that sees his future maybe in Spain or wherever it is later on in his career, you might just choose the Premier League and think, you know what, I, feel, I do feel like bullying man in the Prem. You get me? Because he is quite big. He's got the physical stature. Do you know what I'm saying? So he, I think he, he, he's he been in England. He understands the game. He's born here. His dad used to play here. So I can possibly see it happening personally. But like you said with transfers, nobody knows in it like until it's done in it. Do you know what I'm saying? But right now, I think that would be the right move for City as a club. And I feel like it'd be a right move for Haaland as a player. Do you know what I mean? And I'll tell you one thing. It brings a bit of balance because all of a sudden, City have got a threat in the air, in it? Because right about now, the other week, when they were whipping in crosses to guys that were four foot, and all like it were happening, do you get me? But when you've got big old Haaland, do you get me? Erling, do you know what I mean? And he scores, he scores quite a few with his head as well. So yeah, man, I think it'd be a good signing all around if they can get him. I don't know what it means for Delap though. I don't know what it means for Jesus. Whether Jesus just decides to become Wingsus for life and all that, you get me? I don't know. But um, yeah, it will have an effect on somebody there. Do you know what I mean? It's what it is. But listen, Palace versus City, nice game. Do you know what I mean? Vieira, like, we're going to preview that for a hot set. Vieira, you're looking to do the double over Pep, Mike. What's going on? Yeah, it is a tough one. Um, it is a tough one. Obviously, you know, obviously, because we, we didn't have a game this week, we, we nothing to preview. I, I would have been more than happy to recover last week's game. Do do it. Um, so, yeah, I say, you know what, right? The Palace, the palace thing, do you know what it is with these guys? Right, they are a bit of a bogey side. And do you know what? I, I am a little bit nervous about this one just because it's a, it's a, it's a one of those weird Monday nights. The media have already half written a headline for a slip up, aren't they? It's the same place Liverpool went a few years ago and rock points, and that's where mm. they believe their week. Chris, Chris Stamble, I remember it well. Yeah, so I know, <laughs> so I know, I know they're all half waiting for that. So, um, and they've got some good young players, Palace, that. That, that are dangerous, very, mm. very dangerous, and, and, and type of players that I don't think our defenders like to play against, those that are very mobile, very quick, like to counter. Um, so, yeah, yeah. But, but you, you comment there around like Pep versus Vieira. I mean, let's not just have that. That's, it's, tactically, it's, it's a no brainer. We're going to smash them all over the park. But in terms of, um, <laughs> in terms of, them individual battles and them individual moments in the game, that's that's where that's that's where I, I, I get nervous. And this is one of those, if we're not fully at it, it could be a slip-up. Confident, but nervous. Yeah, but I'm talking about them talents, obviously you've got Elise, Mark Elise, Gallagher, Eze, and then obviously the left-back Mitchell. Do you know what I mean? I kind of rate what Patrick's doing at Palace, you know, for his first job in the Premier League. I think it needs to get highlighted a bit more because he's got some young talents there that he's kind of moulding into a decent team and... The ultras, the Palace ultras will be there in the corner bouncing up and down as they do with the flags and ballies and all that. Do you know what I mean? You know what? That's what I can... Is it... Actually, is it at Salus Park? 
Yeah, yeah, Sellers Park. Sellers Park. Yeah, yeah, Sellers Park. There's something about that ground that I kind of like, you know. It's kind of old school. It feels like you're playing a Sunday league match. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is about the tight guy. I just feel like there's bare alleys around 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 the gaff and all that. That's, that's you know sort I mean? of like um, an advantage for City. Like the only results Palace have ever had, yeah. I think, ever, have been at the Etihad. <laughs> so yeah. like, I think they've had a couple of wins there, haven't they? Like, like yeah, two, two of, wins. A couple of draws. Ever. I saw a couple of draws actually at their place. In right, fact, they would have won that. He was on that 18 game winning our Centurion season and all that. We went there. Jason Punchin nearly broke Kevin De Bruyne's leg. Um, and it was nil-nil. So they've ended a couple of runs with some weird draws and stuff. But yeah, usually it's yeah. at our place where they, <laughs> they rock up and one performance. Do, 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 do the old coupon buster for everyone. Yeah. 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 So who, who, who's, who's your front three then? Because obviously Greenish started the derby, Sterling was on the bench. <laughs> are, we going, are we having this again here? Again? You're having it. Are you your front three, son? Who's <laughs> my front three? Um, I'm going to go with folding. Certified um Mares. Yeah. And yeah, I'm gonna go with Sterling. <laughs> okay, all right. See, see, see. So gonna be asking you the same thing again next week. Do you know what I mean? But it is what it is, isn't it? City got to go there and do the job because Liverpool are creeping, mate. And that game's coming up soon, isn't it? City versus Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? It's creeping up weekend, and so why yeah, FA Cup weekend for us. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know what we're doing. We're out shopping, yeah, we, innit? We're out, yeah, because our game was meant to be against the Scouts and it got postponed, innit? So... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're hey, having a break. Hey, you can, have your, break. you can have your cup games and all that, yeah. We've got, we'll just watch a bit of telly. Yeah, trust me, man. Do you know what I mean? But listen, yeah, right? obviously, we have a little bit of a laugh and all that, but I just want to touch on a sort of a little bit, bit serious because we're in, there's a bit of a mad time out here going on in. Ukraine and all that, do you know what I mean? And it's affecting um, certain clubs in the Premier League, certain owners and all that, Roman Abramovich with the Russia and U- Ukraine thing. So we'll touch on football and politics because it's a question, isn't it, that comes up a lot, in it? Like, should politics get involved in football? Should football get involved in politics? Should the two things stand together? Should it intermix? Should actually, sh- it, should it be involved? Is football a good voice for politics to reign? Is it not like... There's loads of different angles in it that people come in on it. And obviously, it's affected Chelsea in a big way with Roman Abramovich um, being Russian and his ties allegedly to Putin and all that type of stuff there. So, Marty, I don't know, like, how do you, how, how do you see how do you see this fo- football and politics thing? It's very complicated, but the way I... If I was trying to simplify it to the best way I could, for me, and this is only for me, I don't mind it when footballers and football fans start initiatives or get involved in politics in certain ways that are benefiting. I don't like it so much when politicians get involved in football. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So I I don't mind it when Marcus Rashford, and he says he's not political, but it was a political action because it got the government to do a U-turn twice. He looks at a situation Mm. where kids aren't getting free school meals and goes, I can do something about this. I used to get free school meals. I can actually try and make this happen. And he does. Yeah, he makes that happen. He makes the government do a U-turn and feed a load of, and give school meals, not just throughout the school period, but through the summer as well. And they do a U-turn, another U-turn on the, the amount they give as well. So he, he helps people with that. You know, this is a footballer, a young lad from Wibbenshaw who decides to do something. And I don't mind when you see like footballers getting involved. I know Liverpool did certain things in the pandemic as well. Jordan Henderson did a few things. So it's not just, you know, a United thing. But what I don't like it is when politicians start getting involved in football and when you see them sort of sticking the nose in whether that's 
trying to influence certain things, trying to ride on the back of football teams. That's what I think is a bit sort of sometimes leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. You know, and I try not to be mm. too political on the show, but anyone who follows me knows that I'm not a big fan of the Tories. And when I see sort of the Tories trying to jump on the England team's coattails and then people like Tyrone Mings, fair play to him, calling him out, I'm quite, you know, I, I get where he's coming from because I think... All I'm right, gonna... so my... Go on. Let me ask you then. So do you think the government are right to sanction Roman? Listen, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know the intricacies of Roman Abramovich's dealings with Putin, but it does look like there's something there. And if he has made his money and if they are trying to affect Putin and they're trying to take action on seizing assets of his oligarchs who are his sort of assets, his friends, his circle, his whoever, then they have to do it across the board. They can't just go, well, actually, we're not, we're going to leave Abramovich alone because he owns Chelsea. That's not really fair. And the whole mm. reason, and I think Matthew Syed did this a few years ago in 2003, when this takeover was going on, he said the only reason that Roman Abramovich is coming in here is, is because it's a good place for him to put his money that he's getting from Russia, from what went on after the fall of communism and everything, where it can't be touched. So there's lots of complications and intricacies. And the trouble I have with this, and this is one thing I'll say quickly on it, is if I call out, say, City's owners or uh, um, Chelsea's owners or PSG's owners or whatever, people are automatically going to go, well, you're just jealous. You're just jealous because they've got owners that put putting money into it. And I get that. I get that argument. But I think that there's another argument, and it's like, why are certain people putting money into certain things? Is there something sinister going on? Is there something that you should be looking at? Or is it just a, a case of, this is the way football is now. We just have to accept it. We have to, you know, embrace it almost. Because when the Saudis took over Newcastle this season, I was very against that. And it disappointed me because so many journalists just went along with it. Despite the fact that we know for a fact, and it is a fact, that part of the Saudi regime were responsible for the killing of Jamal Khashoggi, the journalist. And now you've seen it yesterday, there's 81 executions on this, and people are, you know, who's getting asked about it? Eddie Howe's getting asked about it, and he's a football manager. Why is he getting asked about it? Because no one else from Newcastle will speak on it. So I do think there's a sort of thing where you can ask questions about it, but for me, in answer to your question, I'll give a very long-winded one. I don't mind footballers and football fans doing things that they think, you know, getting involved in politics because it's part of their life, it's part of all our lives. It just doesn't sit well with me when I see politicians getting involved in football clubs. Yeah. For me, what I'll say on it for me is like, I just feel like when certain things are going on, the energy has to be the same for everything. And so, like, we can't have people like cornering one section of people and saying, right, we've got to do something, boom, boom, boom. But yet, there's 55 other conflicts that have gone on and nothing's being done, type of thing. Do you know what I mean? So, I just don't like the imbalance of, of different things. And that's where I think sometimes it can get a bit murky in it. And I think. Football, obviously, football's a big thing, isn't it? Football's one of the biggest sports in the world, if not, do you know what I mean? So it's one of them where it's always going to be involved in something, do you know what I mean, that affects people, in it, in general, do you know what I'm saying? But I just feel like sometimes people have agendas, in it, and I just feel like, like the agenda thing and the propaganda thing has to kind of stop within the sport for everybody to have the same energy for everything, can it? Because you get a lot of two-faced people that will say, oh, yeah, well, we need to do something about that. Football needs to do something about that. But then when it's something else, they're turning the other eye, do you know what I mean? Like, like they're turning the back on it. So here's what it is. Mike, no, that's, that's what do you point. think, sport, sport and politics? To be fair, I've not really delved deep into it because I think, as we, as, I think as you both mentioned that, um, there's a lot of underlying stuff that we'll, we'll never, ever know. Um, so mm. I like that, Jay Motty's point about, obviously, if someone feels strongly about something and they've got a platform to voice it, then they are going to do it. But are they doing that? is what Marcus Rashford is doing through football. I don't know 
it's a difficult mm. question. Obviously, people say we won't get attraction because of the footballer, but is he actually on the pitch wearing t-shirts about features? So is that is he actually using football? So then, but the other thing is for me on on this wider thing, because I've seen bare arguments again about uh, fit and proper persons test for owners, which I just think is an absolute myth. I think it's a joke because an owner can take over a football club on day one and be in a certain position financially, mentally all kinds of things, and then five months down the line, they're in a different position, and then people are calling about this fit, fit and proper persons, and then the next question is, what is fit a proper persons test, and according to who, you know? So like, oh, mm. I hear a lot of stuff around um, human rights and all the rest of it. I mean, that one there, listen, a lot of the sports jerseys that every single Premier League football club are made in Middle Eastern countries and the human record, the human rights records are fantastic for a lot of those companies. Where do mm. we draw the line? Where do we start the line? It's complicated, it's complex. And, and like you said, Pundit, people seem to pick what they mm. feel they want to follow and it tends to be driven by a media narrative. Super yeah. League was another one. It's completely different. Super League was another one. If we break that down to what it was, it was a group of people trying to start another competition. Um, whether you believed it or not, but the outrage about that was just like, okay, there's the robbing our game. Um, and I get it, I get I got, I got some of the feeling around that, but a lot of the people that were shouting about in the media about that were politically driven. So yeah, yeah. So there's my long with that. It's a rare and true that I, I can't what I didn't want to do was jump on here and make a statement about something that I don't know a lot about. Um, and, and so I, I've kind of, I'm just watching things. Obviously, pictures you see, certain things you see on the TV. You, you, right, I don't agree with that. That isn't right. But again, there's a lot we don't see and a lot we don't know. So, yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. Now, I hear you. I hear you. To be honest with you, I feel, I feel like I agree with, with most of what you've said there. You know? I think it is a bit murky, isn't it? And it's like, like you said, isn't it? we don't really know all the details about every single situation. We can just go off what we do see and what I see. Like I said before, I see a lot of two-facedness, mate. You get me? Like, I see a lot of that going on, do you know what I mean? So, and I don't understand why one set of people have the right to judge another set of people, in it. When it's time for them to get judged, no one don't want to say nothing, do you know what I mean? So, I just think, it, I think it's all football. And you know what? We all know anyway, football's murky in itself. Let's just get that straight. Out of, it's not a perfect sport in itself. Was it FIFA, Set Blatter and all them, man, taking bones and all that for World Cup and all that? So, there's loads of stuff going on within the sport itself, innit? Obviously, we'd all rather it be cleaner and more transparent, but the politics thing, yeah, it gets, it I gets, think, it gets most, murky. I think most, most fans just want to go and watch football, don't we? Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying we bury our head in the sand, but you don't want it to be all out about this. You, as a fan, you just want to be able to go and watch your team and enjoy the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's like I, sometimes... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know. I don't know about that now. I, I, I used to think that, but what, that, obviously for, for you guys, you might find different because your club's in a different position, but you jump on social media now, most of the talk about cities is not really about our football. It is about finances. It's about owning. Yeah, but that's, but, but Mike's, but that's, that's not you as a fan. Like, I'm sure, you know, what I mean is like, you just want to go and watch your team. You yeah, know I what do. I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you don't want to go and like, have to research the, 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 the history of, of your owners or get involved in geopolitical arguments every time you, you want to watch United, uh, watch City versus Villa or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like you just want to go and watch your football team, and I feel like a lot of, for a lot of fans on myself, that's how I I want to do it. And I think you know, sometimes now it, it feels like people are looking at fans as like, well, you should be doing this or you should be doing that, and it's like, 
That's not mm. really my job or our job. Yes, you can question things and call things out, but a lot of the time, you just want to go and watch your football team. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's true, it's true, it's true. Do you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. And that that argument and that debate there with football players will, will always be there. Do you know what I mean? It will always rumble on. But listen, on a lighter note, yeah, we're going to end on a lighter note, yeah? Rapid fire, yeah? Yeah. Your favourite crap player. So a player that you got a soft spot for, but he was rubbish. When you seen him on the ball, you thought, what's this guy doing at my club? But for some reason, yeah, he was your favourite crap one. You get me? I'll tell you who mine was. And then yeah. you two could tell me who yours before we signed out. Do you know who mine was, yeah? For United? Jordi yeah. Cruyff, right? <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I see him sign Jordi, I thought, listen, he's got the Cruyff name. He's class. I don't care what anyone says to me. He can give the ball away 800 times. He's called Jordi Cruyff. So it don't matter what's going on on the pitch. You get me? So, yeah. He had a little bush head and all that. I thought, yeah, check, check, check this you. But the simple fact that he was called Croy was why he was my favourite crap player. Moy, what about you? I get, do you know what I'd say about Yodi Croy quickly, though? He flattered to the... He's like, in, in pre-season and when it was sunny in August and September, he looked like his dad. <laughs> he was one of them. I thought, oh, well, he's better than his dad, this kid. <laughs> and as soon as Yo. it started raining and it dropped a bit cold, which it often does in Manchester, he didn't want to know. <laughs> Listen, I always had a, I had a soft spot with Danny Welbeck, but I'm not going to go there because he was mint, so I'm not calling him crap. Um, I'm going to go with Darren yeah. Gibson. For some reason, right, everyone laughed at Darren Gibson and all the shoot stuff that he used to get all the time. And yeah, But yeah. well, I, I always had a little bit of a soft spot for him. I quite like Darren Gibson. He had a dig on him, man, he did. It was yeah. just a bit unfortunate that that's literally <laughs> all he had. And he had it like yeah. once every six months. <laughs> Mike's. Pundit knows who I'm going to say here because we used to argue about this kid. Hold on, hold on. One sec, please. Every week. If you're going to bring this... If you're going to bring who I think you're going to bring... Go on. He's still not crap. Go on, say, you know who I'm going to say. He's still not Gelson Fernandez. Gelson Fernandez. Right, I'll tell you what. He's saying and I don't, he, just, he came on, he, he had this little bounce in his step and I thought, this guy looks like a player. But because Pundit called him crap every week. I had to meet him, he was the best thing in the world. So it was like, I yeah, that was the greatest thing to slice bread. Wait, where is fault? It was the other guy's fault. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, oh. he, he, was, he, he was fantastic. <laughs> My... This guy's been trying to sell me Gelson Fernandez for about 25 years, bro. I'm telling you now, yo. Ever since he got Brandon Barker, ever since he got Brandon Barker wrong, yo. Ever since that day, bro, he's been on Gelson Fernandez and it's like, yo, this kid here, do you get me? But listen, yeah, we've all got favorite crap players out there, man. Come on. Do you know what I mean? We've got to big up the crap ones anyway. Do you know what I'm saying? But listen, people, it's one of them, innit? It's another week gone and the three points in the gaff is there standing as usual. Do you know what I mean? It's been a good one. But listen, him. Well, you know where, where, where to find us and listen to us? Spotify, Google, do you know what I mean? Apple, check us out on there, do you know what I'm saying? And like I said, in it, we're at the business end of the season. United, Champions League, City, Champions League and the Premier League. This is this is where things go down over the next few weeks, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to be in here every week discussing it, you get me? With a little bit of a bubble and shake. So DJ, we look the tunes, you get me, before we sign off. You know what I mean? Because we me and Motty are feeling good this week. Do you get me? We need our little wiggle and all that. Do you know what I'm saying? United got the three points. Do you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. Like I said, Manchester, North West, England. We're here every week. 
Premier League football, Champions League football. So, people, enjoy your week. And until next time, yeah, we're gone. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.